You are listening to You Are Not Broken, the only podcast that combines science, medicine, and psychology to re-educate your brain and help you live your best love life. And I'm your host, board-certified female urologist, Dr. Kelly Casperson. Friends, welcome back. I'm so excited today to have Monica Molinar on the podcast. She's a serial entrepreneur and an advocate for frank talk and common sense, which is why we're friends, solutions around women's health and wellness. She tested positive for BRCA gene at age 40 and elected to remove her ovaries prophylactically to reduce her risk of breast and ovarian cancer and basically went into overnight menopause with all the symptoms, which led her on a multi-year journey to try to make sense of the misinformation and lack of clarity around this phase of life. What she had done before before then was gone to Stanford Business School and started companies. And so because of the need and her own journey, started Alloy, which is now, I would say, one of the premier online clinics, one-stop shops for not only menopause wellness, but sexual wellness as well. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. You've been one of my heroes in this uh just in this space for the last few years. So I'm excited. Well, thank you for finding me. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. It's been, it's been great. Um, tell everybody your journey. Like you were going along, building businesses, doing your thing, being successful. And then why get tested at age 40? Was there family involved in this? Or like what started what started this whole journey? So actually it's interesting. The journey and the 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 surgery and everything actually started my entrepreneurial career. So it's sort of the opposite. My mother and my grandmother both had breast cancer very young. My mom was, I think, 36, her first incidence, and then 45. And my grandmother was also similarly young. So I've been treated as if I had the BRCA gene sort of forever. I started getting screened when I was 25. Generally, the protocol is 10 years before your mother's first incidence of breast cancer. So I just didn't want to get tested until I was older because there was nothing else that I could do with the information. I was already doing all the screening. I, the only thing that I could do was some sort of prophylactic surgery. I was in my 30s, still having kids. And so I didn't want to go the surgical route until I was nearing 40. And it was around the time that Angelina Jolie published her op-ed about being BRCA positive and the surgeries that she was doing prophylactically. And sort of as a result of that, there was a lot more, there was sort of a flurry of information and articles and stories being written about, about BRCA and, you know, just stuff that really hadn't been out there in the universe before, for the lay people at least. And so I started learning more about it. And there was one article that I read that said, if you are BRCA positive and you have your ovaries removed by the time you're 40, that you further reduce your risk of breast cancer by 50%. And to be honest, I have not ever 100% verified that <laughs> statistic. I mean, the more I've learned, actually, the more, on the one hand, the more simple this whole sort of hormone and menopause and estrogen situation is, but also there's so much information that we don't know because either, you know, for the most part, really, the studies haven't been done in a big way and, and we haven't followed people for for this long. A lot of this information just about BRCA is new in the first place, you know? So even during my own personal history, there were changes being made. BRCA2 became a thing. This is an evolving story. And I think it, that's actually important to remember as we kind of think about the solutions that we have available now and, and not always just hanging on to one bit of information and not being able to move forward. But in any case, I decided to have my ovaries removed 
it's a non-cosmetic surgery. It's an in and out, you know, on the day. So I just felt like that was something that I was comfortable to do. But what nobody talked to me about was the menopause that I was going to go into the next day. And that really was where I started to struggle more. I mean, I had spent probably six months making this decision to have the surgery and everything was focused on having the surgery. And then really nothing was focused on, okay, then what comes next? First of all, I knew I wasn't having more children, obviously, which had been something that was pretty much decided in my mind, but then it's real. You can't have more kids naturally. All of these symptoms and effects of not having estrogen overnight, which were myriad and many. (laughs) I don't think I slept through the night for six months and I was just generally miserable and gained lots of weight. But because I didn't have hot flashes at that time, I have had them in periods since, but I didn't have hot flashes. I didn't recognize it as menopause. And my surgeon had said, oh, well, you know, you'll still have some circulating estrogen after your surgery. So you don't need to take hormones right away. When I asked, should I said, so, you know, you can just get a prescription when you think you need it. But most women don't necessarily know what that is. How bad does it need to be (laughs) before I'm willing to treat this? And so I let myself get pretty bad, which I wouldn't recommend. And then it took me really five years actually to sort of get confident with It really took starting Alloy, actually, to really understanding the science, to really digging into what I personally was taking, to actually becoming consistent with my treatment. Because when I was first prescribed, I actually was prescribed compounded hormones and they were very expensive. I was, my normal doctor told me, don't take that. So I sort of was going against the advice of my physician. I really didn't feel confident or informed about what I was doing. I know I knew it made me feel a whole lot better, but wasn't covered by my insurance. I was sending away, you know, spending hundreds of dollars a month. I tried pellets, had a bad experience with that. I just didn't have a person or a, a support network around me. I was much younger than all of my peers. So I really struggled with this and finding the language to talk about it in and, you know, understanding also like the sexual ramifications that came up both physically, but also mentally and emotionally, which as you know, as you say all the time, (laughs) everything starts in your brain. So when all of this stuff is happening, it's really hard to, to just feel good and, and confident if you don't have, if you're not informed about what's happening. So after I had my surgery, I had been for the prior 10 years between 30 and 40 because of a, actually a caregiver, situation, I ultimately had to quit my job. When I had my first baby, I I went back to work full-time. I was 31. And when he was about nine months old, we had some issues with the woman who was taking care of him and basically had was forced to quit my job because it was December 23rd. I had two weeks of yearly vacation at the job that I had. And I was, there was no allowance. This was 18 years ago, no ability to work from home or work part-time at the job that I had. So I sort of was forced out. And then for the next 10 years, between 30 and 40, until I had my surgery, there were periods of time that I worked full-time. There were periods that I didn't work at all and was just home with my kids. There was a couple of years that I worked part-time and worked in public relations. And, And sort of really those years were really focused on my family needs. And my husband was working 
in banking and traveling all the time. And he was at Lehman Brothers. And, you know, when that went under, we had just bought our apartment. It was like either I needed to go back to work full time or be fully sedated. So I went back to work full time. But I was always really in and out. Like, I just never really found my calling or my passion. And then when I um, had my surgery and it was clear that I wasn't going to have more kids and I was 40 years old and I had an MBA from Stanford and I hadn't really sort of capitalized on it. And I was having a discussion with my husband and he was like, well, what are you going to do now? Because you probably don't want to be 50 and not have done anything that you can feel that you've accomplished something for the last 10 years. The kids don't really need you the same way as, you know, as much anymore. And so after being really angry that he told me that he said that, because also I was enjoying being home with the kids and I was I was satisfied, but also it was really daunting to think about like, okay, now what am I going to do? I haven't really worked consistently in the last 10 years and, and I wanted to do something that was different than what I had done before. I was prior to sort of essentially, well, when my first son was born, I was working as a product manager for a furniture manufacturing company and working in marketing and product development and enjoying a lot of it, but didn't want to go back into that world. I wanted to work in food and nutrition and sort of realized that as I was now moving into this next phase, and since I had worked full-time, I had been a working mother, I had been a non-working mother, I had been a part-time working mother, I had sort of done all the variations, I really needed to do something that really grabbed me and that I sort of had ownership over, that I could sink my teeth into intellectually, but also really be responsible for for it to sort of be worth the trade-off to do something different and really be taken away from my kids who are still pretty young at that point. I mean, taken away, that's not the, <laughs> the right way to put it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I also really couldn't fit into the workforce at that point very easily because I was too old to start at the bottom and too inexperienced because I had had this 10-year gap to really do what I'm doing now, essentially, which is running a business. And so I decided that the only way for me to get the experience that I wanted and needed to be able to get a job where somebody would actually pay me was to start a business and get the experience. And then I could roll that into employment if I needed it. And and that's what I did. And so I spent a few months really thinking about, one, what was the thing that I wanted to do? What was I interested in? What were the things that I spent the most time thinking about? And Certainly at the time, now I would say it's estrogen, but at the time it was food and cooking and, you know, just sort of the changing way in nature that that people eat and think about food. I cook all the time. I make sauerkraut. That's the stuff I geek out on and can relax doing. And so I started a business called Seed and Mill in Chelsea Market in New York with two partners. And that became really successful, a really successful small business, a great little brand that we got press from everywhere, from the New York Times to Argentina, to Japan, to Greece. And so that was really satisfying and and something interesting to sort of have a big picture and have an idea and drive it forward and get people excited about the idea. And at a certain point after a few years of doing that, my two partners and I were were too overlapping in our skills and we were sort of stepping on each other's toes and it felt like somebody needed to take that forward and I didn't want to be that person. And so I had to think about, okay, well, now what am I going to do? Because I still need to have a job or get a job or start something else. And I really had gotten bitten by the entrepreneurship bug. I love it. I love 
thinking big ideas and putting a team in place to sort of brick by brick build that thing, create something. And so um, I met my partner, Ann Fullenweider, who at the time was the editor-in-chief of Mary Claire magazine. And this was already five years ago. And I know that because we met because we both had puppies and we were (laughs) on vacation and just sort of the only people out, of course, at six in the morning walking these puppies. And so our dogs are now five. And we started talking at six in the morning about, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And, and who are you? And what's important to you? And just all the things that sort of women, I think, more easily can talk about with one another. And I said, you know what? I think we really need to fix this menopause thing because it's really <laughs> a life stage that all of our friends are about to hit and none of them expect it. They don't, they don't know what's coming. And one thing led to another and here we are. Amazing. I mean, I was I was like like to bring it back to the basics for people. Like, did you know that one in two humans on this planet are female? And do you know that our average life expectancy is 80? Which means there's 30 years post-menopause on average. Like it's so freaking big and it's, it's like completely ignored. And you know, people ask me, they're like, what do you think about these online companies and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I think it comes from like a protecting women sort of thing. And it's very ironic because I'm like, traditional medicine is not protecting women. Like we're not protecting women by not treating their menopause symptoms. We're actually actively hurting them by dismissing them and ignoring them and causing more harm, I would say in a lot of cases, by not putting them on hormones. So I really think, and because our healthcare is saturated, we're full. We can't have half the population come in demanding hormones. Like the clinics are full. And yeah, and they don't offer it. And they don't offer it. But if they did offer it, they would have way fewer people coming in, complaining about joint pain, complaining about anxiety, complaining about, obviously, 80% of women, as you know, at some point in their life post-menopause will have genitourinary symptoms of menopause, which having had them, having been incontinent, having had painful sex and vaginal dryness and all that stuff, like, I would not recommend that to anybody. And I certainly, since we know how easy it is to prevent, let's offer it. Let's make access available, you know? And that's the other thing is like we Western, traditional Western medicine waits till something's broken before we fix it. You know, and I see that time and time again of like, is it bad enough? Are you having enough hot flashes? Is your vaginal dryness actually that dry, right? Like we're actually making them get worse before we treat or the whole pendulum being like, why don't we just start on vaginal estrogen when we're 55 to not get genital urinary syndrome of menopause, which happens in 50 to 80% of people. But also it's only with this that we're forcing women to kind of wait this long. It's the weirdest thing. Like you don't say, wait until your hair is straw until you use conditioner. Wait until people stop talking to you because your breath is so bad till you brush your teeth. You know, like it's kind of the same. It's literally that basic. It's like, you don't have to get to this place because we have this treatment and the solution and the evidence that the sooner you take it, the earlier, the better off you are forever and, you know, for the rest of your life. So I like to tell people, and and this actually really drives me, I'm 49 years old. I could have as many years left to live as I've lived up until this point, which is, is a long time. And the first part of the, these 49 years that I've lived so far, I wasn't really driving my life. Right, right. You had to learn how to tie your shoes at like age five. Yeah, right. Exactly. Whereas now you have all the skills. 
I know. It's exceptional. I finished a book this weekend written by a 102-year-old female physician called The Well-Lived Life. She's 102, got divorced at 70, 32 years ago. And she like met Gandhi as a child. Like, it's just insane. She has a 10-year plan. And I was like, oh, well, if a 102-year-old has a 10, like wrote down a 10-year plan, I suppose I should. So I wrote down my 10-year plan yesterday. But that's exactly it. It's like this whole mind shift of what aging is and that aging means a certain thing. And it's like, part of what you're doing is like helping people realize like, dude, you might just get be getting warmed up and don't you want to be in the best body health that you can be for the second half? Exactly. Exactly right. And I mean, I've struggled with like, I'm more activist than capitalist, although there's obviously a huge business opportunity here. And the, the thing that drives me, though, is that for every dollar that we earn, for every woman that we help or that we, that we serve, we're actually helping women. You know, we're really changing healthcare in a way that is just not being done today. And when this Women's Health Initiative study came out in, in 2002 and scared everybody off hormones almost half of women in the United States were on hormones and now less than 5%. That's really damaging. We've seen all of these horrible chronic diseases that we know start in menopause start to rise exponentially between both breast cancer and Alzheimer's and cardiovascular disease. And dropping out of the workforce. You know, like the status quo is billions of dollars lost for dropping out of the workforce because of healthcare issues around perimenopause. Yeah. Divorces. I mean, obviously <laughs> the topic that we can talk about today is, is all of the sexual malfunction that doesn't need to happen. Yeah. I think that's a very unique thing about Alloy. You know, one of the many reasons I'm drawn to it and you is like, there's two silos, right? There's like the hormone silo and then there's like the sex silo and you put them together and you're like, this is all important for women at this age group. And so it's kind of a one-stop shop for like, let's take care of the hormones, but let's not neglect or put it in the closet or like make it difficult to obtain. Like, it's like sex is just on the menu or sexual health, pelvic health, right? Like where did you and Anne start from the beginning with that? Or were you kind of adding that in as you were seeing needs? No, we always saw this as, and, and really our name, Alloy, and an alloy is a, is a combination of elements for strength and protection from corrosion. So that's our little wink, wink. But basically, you could take all the estrogen in the world, and if you don't think about the other aspects of your life, both you know lifestyle aspects, your nutrition, your exercise, your mental health, your sleep, community support, friendships, all those things are really important to our overall quality of life and protection against corrosion, which is aging. And I think we really want to be there for women in a way that nobody else actually is. Like we're really serving the woman. And part of why we know what women want beyond the 100,000 intakes basically that we have already what women are complaining about, what their symptoms are, is that we're in it too. We're really trying out here trying to solve our own problems. You know, we're, we're in the age group, we're dealing with all of the things. And one of the things that we've, we see as a strength, you know, we don't accept insurance at the moment. And we're working on ways where we can funnel prescriptions to your local pharmacy where you could use your insurance, et cetera. But we wanted to make sure that we never lost sight 
of who we're actually serving, which is the menopausal, perimenopausal and menopausal woman who nobody is really talking to. And I mean, we've been encouraged by lots of people like, oh, this is great. Now you can go down the age ladder, start serving younger women. We're like, no, 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 you don't understand it. Nobody is talking to us. Like once you're post-fertility, you you drop off the face of the earth, essentially, as far as people thinking that it's important to serve your needs. And, and that's just our North Star is to make sure that we're always serving women and what is good for them. So great skincare is actually something that I started using vaginal cream on my face. That's how we came up with our estrogen-based face cream. After I became incontinent by taking too little estrogen, accidentally, too little systemic estrogen. So estrogen is very supportive of the bladder. I don't need to tell you this. (laughs) Without estrogen, you're going to lose control of your bladder, which is really a horrible experience to have, having experienced that. And, And vaginal estrogen was so effective so quickly that I thought, let me start using this on my face. And then the more I learned about that and the better I looked also, I was like, why don't we have, why is this not available? We can make this available. So we did things like that. You know, Viagra has not been, has available for women in the 25 years that it's been available for men since 1998. It has not ever been offered to women on a large scale, even though the clitoris and the penis we know are the same organ, but nobody wants to talk about women's sexual pleasure or health as a, no one wants to talk about it, first of all, and even as just a thing that's important enough to address as important as men's sexual health and pleasure and feeling of vitality. I don't know why not. I mean, all of the other medications that we take have been tested on men. Why is this so different? Amazing podcasts need amazing sponsors. And today our podcast partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink AG1 in the morning driving to work and it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body like I'm covering my nutritional bases before the day gets away from me. I gave AG1 a try because I hated taking pills and vitamins and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and helps me get my hydration in. And it's super tasty, like fresh and somewhat chocolatey. I feel like I'm describing a fine wine here and I'm no expert, but it's delicious. I haven't found anything similar that's as tasty. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash you are not broken. That's drinkag1.com slash you are not broken. Check it out. Tell me your thoughts, the challenges of testosterone. It's a scheduled medication, so you can't just get it via an online prescription. The challenges with testosterone, not only just from it being a scheduled pharmaceutical, but also from the horrific gendering that we did with hormones in saying that testosterone is not essential. And if it is essential, it's just to get you to sleep with people. Like desire is the legit reason which literally like my brother pointed that out to me. He's like, isn't it kind of weird that the only acceptable reason that women can be on testosterone is to sleep with men? And I'm like, this coming from like my man brother, I was like, boom, how could I not even see the ridiculousness of this? It's an outrage. I mean, and also what's an outrage is that men have tons of estrogen. And as I was recently at a 20th business school reunion, so 225, 50-year-olds basically in a <laughs> for five days together. And... 
all of the men complaining about their joint pain, you know, their skins looking worse. I'm like, actually, probably the men could use some estrogen replacement as well. Like all of a sudden we're so different, but up until this point, we've been treated as sort of the same or medicines being treated, being tested on men and used on women or women being considered smaller men. But now at this phase of life, when actually we really would benefit from being treated a little bit more like one another, all of a sudden it's impossible and testosterone is only for men and estrogen is only for women, which is bullshit. I learned testosterone is the male hormone. I learned that in medical school. Like I was literally two years younger when I saw the graph that women make have more testosterone in their bodies than estrogen in their 20s. And I actually recently learned from Avram Blooming that testosterone turns into estrogen in your body. That basically, I think also for men, I might be wrong in that, but so that that's sort of in a way the function of testosterone. So in a way, when you're taking testosterone therapy, you're almost giving yourself a little bit extra estrogen in the way that it yeah. you know, evolves, which is interesting. When I practice, I tend to be like, get you back on the estrogen first, then add the testosterone, which makes a lot of sense to me. Me too. And and also personally having taken, I've taken testosterone in this kind of three distinct episodes over the last 10 years. So my chapters of testosterone. Yeah, my chapter. The first one was a <laughs> compounded cream mixed with estrogen. I think at the time my whole life was sort of so much on the rocks and it was offered to me as this will enhance your libido. And I don't think it really worked because back to your point that, you know, it's really what's happening in your brain. Libido's complex. <laughs> yeah. There's no, you can't just fix libido if you have all these other things going on, small children. And I was also started starting a business. So, it, you know, life was super complicated. So that didn't really work. And I think it probably increased the price by a lot. And I just decided this is, this is not helpful. My chapter two with testosterone was somebody recommended pellets to me. And this was way in the beginning of starting Alloy. And we were sort of trying to figure out what direction we were going to. And I've been a bit of a guinea pig for all of this because I'm, I'm taking it. I'm, you know, experiencing these issues as we go through it. So I'll try anything, you know? And so I had testosterone and estrogen pellet therapy from, I would not recommend this either. It was like, you know, in some office in like an office park deep in New Jersey that I drove to, to get it. And it was, kind of weird. I don't know what I was thinking. But in any case, I ended up with so much testosterone in my body that I really got scared off by, I thought, let me go have my levels checked by sort of a standard normal doctor. And my testosterone was off the charts. It was like 10 or 15 times as high as it should be, if we even know what it should be, because we don't really track what normal levels of testosterone are. But in any case, it was high. Luckily, I did not have any major side effects and really didn't notice any major difference because back to, <laughs> it's in your brain. Now I'm back to it using testosterone. Actually, I have this, I use like a men's strength, just a, it's a little gel and it comes in these tiny little tubes and each tiny little tube lasts me like 12 days or so. Technically, I think the best way to 
to offer it or for it to be offered would be to have some sort of blood testing that we could do and so that you make sure that you're not getting too much. At the moment, unfortunately, thanks to this stupid misgendering of hormones, there is no FDA-approved dose for women of testosterone. So you either have to use a men's product, which is what I'm doing, and kind of dose it yourself and be okay with it's going to be off, or you have to get a compounded testosterone cream, which is something that's kind of on our roadmap for the future. I think it's important, but I believe from the evidence, but I also believe from my experience in terms of how it feels that the estrogen is 98% of the important part. And I feel a little more kind of mentally clear with this testosterone. I still can't tell you that I feel like my libido is better these days, but also I don't know what that's from. (laughs) It's so many things, right? You have to just feeling good generally and also focused on it and trying to make sure that that's something that I I want my, I want my marriage to stay together. So obviously I'm going to. And and with listening to you and others talk about this, you know, it really Gen X crap that we've all grown up with around sex and never being informed, never being taught that it was okay to want it or to enjoy it or to talk about it and given the language to do such things has, we're all kind of having to relearn and retrain. And so I'm in it. I'm trying to do it. I'm listening to you. And I think I'm benefiting from all of it. It's like a personal omni-channel approach. (laughs) You got to do everything, a little of everything. Well, I think that to go back to alloy and its role in testosterone is like, dude, there's so much work to do with estrogen, which again is the bread. And then testosterone is like a little bit of the butter on top of like, yeah, it's really nice. But like, we've got so much bread, we just have to get out there and 3%, 3% 3%, 3 to 4% of women are on hormones right now. I think the majority of that is fear-based. Majority of people can be on hormones, right? And it was before the Women's Health Initiative, it was the fourth or fifth most prescribed medication in the nation. We actually heard it was the first, the top most prescribed. I would love to see that data. I haven't I haven't seen it. I, like, I just read that. I'll somewhere. try and find it. I, we were told that from somebody who had worked at Pfizer. Oh, yeah. Well, they would know. Prempro would be top, top, top. But whether it's the first or the fourth, it was high. And there, a lot of the information really wasn't in question. The fact that it solved menopausal symptoms and that it made your skin look better and that it helped your mood, and you know, that was not in question. Like we forgot. Yeah. No, they literally did the study to try because they they knew that women who took hormones, who took estrogen had a lower incidence of cardiovascular disease. So they loaded up this study with people who were older and had tons of risk factors for cardiovascular disease. And they wanted to see if the estrogen would fix it once you already had all of those plaques on your arteries, which it won't, but it will prevent it if you don't. Yeah. And again, just to remind the folks, starting at age 50, I think it's lower than 50, Heart disease kills more people than breast cancer. Osteoporotic fractures kill more people than breast cancer. We've really become myopic. Where it's like a, it's a red herring. We've all been led down the the wrong path. And I think our aim at Alloy, really our North Star, is to get women affordable, easy access to really high quality expertise. Doctors who know what they're talking about. We have nine doctors on our platform 
so far, and they all have 25, 30 years of experience in not only OB-GYN, but really GYN, prescribing hormones, North American Menopause Society guidelines, like really trying to spread it further so that women can get what they need without also being told like, no, this is going to kill you. Or are you sure you really need that? Is it really bad enough? (laughs) Yeah. My big thing is like, so you get the doctors to prescribe it, then they go to the pharmacy and the pharmacist gives them shit. Oh, that's happened to me too. Are you sure you want to take this? You know, it'll give you cancer. You know, it's going to give you a blood clot. You know, are you, can, are you sure you can still get pregnant? Like interrogation at the pharmacy is like the next level of barrier that my women are seeing. Yeah, that's happened to me too. I had a pharmacist who, um, he ended up actually firing me because, because I didn't know a pharmacist he was getting reimbursed. Me neither. I had no idea, but apparently he was getting reimbursed less by the insurance than it cost him to actually buy the prescription. So he wouldn't fill it anymore which is, there are so many problems and the current state of medical care is really not better. You know, you won't, you don't get, if you're going to your yearly visit with your, whoever, your gynecologist, your general practitioner, they don't have time to talk about this or the words or the skills or the interest. Yeah. Especially if you come in with the mentality that estrogen causes cancer, like they can't undo that in 15 minutes. Right. So it's really like on us to educate so they can come in fully informed because they can't go from cancer causing to life saving in 15 minutes. Right. Which is really why at Alloy we built the closed system. So we have the information for you. We have doctors who are experts in this field. And we also then send you the medication immediately direct to your door. So there's no like our initial thought was let's just do education and comes from a content background. You know, we can really put out this information. This was already, you know, as it was already a few years ago, like obviously the world has changed and, and we've been a part of that, but we realized that you can give women the information. We see this all the time, also all the time with Alloy customers or people who we just meet along the way who get the information and then bring it to their doctor. And the doctor says, no, you can't have this, which is a word I really hate. That can't drives me crazy. (laughs) How about saying, here are the trade-offs, here are the risks, here are the benefits. And actually, if you really press doctors on, tell me exactly what the risks are versus the benefits, they won't be able to come up with higher risks generally then. Yeah. One of my greatest joys is hearing back from women on Instagram and they're like, because of you, I went in and I had this paper and I had this and I had this fact and I got my vaginal estrogen. I got my hormones and I'm just like, ah. it's super awesome. One of the things that you guys do really well, and I'll, you know, I'll direct my listeners to the Alloy YouTube channel because you are putting up this really high quality educational content. You just did the talk with Dr. Corinne Men and Dr. Avram Blooming about hormones and breast cancer. And you don't talk to women like they have a third grade reading level. You talk to them like the professionals and the intellects and the like thought leaders that they are. Women can handle this. Like we can handle, you know, and as much as, you know, people are so afraid and I'm like, number one ability to get rid of fear is education. And you don't dumb it down. This is as good as the information, the data that we have. This is what we know so far. 
It's always changing. It's risks and benefits. And especially, you know, in that long form YouTube and this podcast, you know, format is like you can actually sit down and get all of that nuance where you're not going to get that in a 10 minute doctor's visit, right? You don't get the complexities and the nuance. So thank you for talking to humans like the adult, grown up, intellectual, smart people that they are. I feel like I'm just talking to my friends all the time. And I am. I mean, pretty much everyone that we serve is somebody that is obviously our age, life stage. You may have had kids, you may not have kids, but whatever the case, when you're in your 40s, in your 50s, you have a lot of fucking experience, right? And a lot to add. And so the fact that we sort of on mass get to this point and are kind of deleted from the system and and given the feeling or told out right you know no you can't do this no you can't have this i'm not going to tell you why i'm not going to support you through this it's crazy when you actually have the most experience that you have ever had plus a real opportunity to look forward to the next, you know, as long as you've been living up till now. So the next 40, 50 years, hopefully, to really use that experience, learn from it, be curious, do new things, feel good about yourself. We don't need to be suffering for the next 40 years, which unfortunately without estrogen, there's a lot of mental stuff. There's lots of dial changes and modifications that you can make in your life that will dial in certain things, whether you lose a few pounds or tone up your body or, and I don't want to minimize at all nutrition or, or weight training, for example, which I've been really consistent with for the last three years and will never go back. Like, it's amazing. I'm really a convert and have seen the light about weight training, but so they're doing all the things. Also, I eat fermented foods. I do as much as I can possibly do to sort of stay healthy and and alive and feel good and vibrant. And it's not that I don't have my dark days and I can go down lots of rabbit holes, but I think that really embracing this phase and feeling good about it and giving yourself the fundamental tools to actually thrive in the next half is really exciting to me. It's something that I'm trying to embody myself and give other women the opportunity to do as well, because we all have that in us. And I think it's it's really great. I, mean, I think it's super interesting because it's like possibly, we'll never know, but possibly you're able to exercise, you're able to create businesses, you're able to cook healthy food because you have a baseline hormone that can support your body and your mind versus do all the other things first. If you're still shitty, then get some hormones. Might be thinking about it backwards. I think it is. There's no way in hell that I, first of all, I hardly could get out of bed until I started taking hormones. For six months, I was so exhausted and overwrought. And the only reason why I even ended up getting help is that I, I was sitting one day on, we had a shared rooftop at our in our building in New York City and a neighbor of ours from across the hall came upstairs and I was sitting there by myself and she's 15 years older than I am. And she took a look at me and she was like, are you okay? Because you really don't look that good something's wrong. And I just broke down and I, and I told her, I don't think I had really shared with anybody, like I'm in menopause and I don't know what to do. And I, and she literally put her arm around me and said, I will help you. I have somebody you can go to. She'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. And that changed my life. I mean, that was really tremendously important, both to have somebody 
put her arm around me and say, I will help you and I will take care of you was really important and something that I've tried to also embody through this. And so I've become a bit of a, like a menopause doula because I love talking about it. I love ushering women through this and, and showing them like, you can change this. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to feel less than. You don't need to be up all night. I was helping a lady recently with like her bladder issues. And I, I knew I had put her on an estrogen patch like a month or two ago, but like we were busy taking care of bladder stuff and I hadn't really asked her how it was going. And she's like, oh, and thank you for the hormones. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to ask. Like, how is that going? She's like, you fixed my rage. She's like, I have my old self back. I feel like myself. My marriage is better. I'm a better parent. Thank you for fixing my rage. And I'm like, I fix rage. This is like literally the best job in the world. It is. It's the best. It's amazing. How, especially, I know from myself, from my personal experience, what that change feels like. To feel so bad, to feel like, to get back to feeling just regular. And just regular also doesn't mean that you never have rage again. You're not like You're on drugs. You're just regular. Yeah. <laughs> You're not sort of starting at a deficit. So... Obviously, you still have to deal with the normal stresses of everyday life, but at least you can. You're starting from a point where you can Your manage body's that. more resilient. Yeah. So what's what's coming? What are you excited about with Alloy? What's coming up? What's like getting you super stoked about this going forward? As if what you've done in this short period of time is not enough, but like what, what are you like, I need to get up because this is what's next? So we're really refining our experience, you know, as a startup business and and a technology business. I mean, it's so much more complicated than what it looks like from <laughs> the web page. So the back end is really complicated connecting all the pieces and what we're working on now is creating a better dashboard experience so that you feel more in control of just what you're getting, when you're getting it, how the information that you're being served, et cetera, and, and how you can connect with the doctor. It'll be a more kind of doctor-led experience from the beginning, which what we first put up was really more geared towards women who knew what they wanted. I know I want hormone replacement therapy, so how, how can you get it to me faster? Which is when you're starting something, first of all, it's so difficult, you don't know what you don't know, or you, you have to constantly be refining the experience. So the only thing that you know for sure is that what you put up at first is not going to be perfect. <laughs> there are going to be lots of people who are upset about different things or, you know, parts of the experience. And actually those are the people who I love speaking to the most, because that's really where we learn. If everything is going great, you don't learn where you need to kind of support or, or improve. So we get our biggest um, improvements from people who run into problems. in the, <laughs> And so we've been working a lot, very, very hard on that. And I'm really excited about it. We also recently in January launched, as you mentioned, topical Viagra for women, topical Sildenafil, actually we call it Amazing Cream, which we're doing more work on sort of building out that sexual health and wellness product arena. Hopefully with your help, we can make sure that we're offering the thing that women will most benefit from, um, and we always try and keep our prices really manageable and kind of akin to an insurance copay. 
since at the moment we don't accept insurance. And the other big product that I love so much is our M4 face cream, which as I said, is in right now an estriol-based face cream, but we're working really hard with some dermatologists and, and other formulation experts to really build out that skincare line. Still prescription skincare, but it's amazing what it does for your skin when you put a little bit of estrogen back on estrogen deprived skin, all of a sudden you're fresher and younger. And in fact, as an influencer recently did her own study where she's following somebody for a year who's been using the face cream, who's never, who doesn't use any other hormone products and wasn't using anything hormonally, obviously on her face. And she found that after only seven weeks of using the cream in its current formulation that she could see using this special Visio machine to sort of measure the biological age of skin that the woman had lost a year on her face. So she went back a year in time from after seven weeks of using this cream because facts, <laughs> when you lose estrogen, that is when you go into menopause, that's when your skin starts to really visibly start to age. And when you add some back, you actually look younger because it's actually fixing the, you know, it's really skin health. It's not just vanity. It's really the, the health of your skin. It's, you have a better protective barrier. It's thicker and plumper. So it's less prone to dryness or cuts and, you know, infections, things like that. So I think, you know, really thinking about this phase of life and how you can be the healthiest overall and not just thinking about individual body parts as independent entities is a really important mind shift that we have to make. It's it's everything. It's how you approach the world. It's your positivity. It's feelings of gratitude and, you know, incorporating all of these things are what is going to allow you to face the next 50 years with joy as opposed to like, oh God, another doctor's appointment and another medication and another, you know? Totally. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and telling us what you've built and your why behind it. Like, I, th I just think, you know, I'm doing more and more of these stories so people see what's out there, right? And that they can get help too, because other people have already gone through the journey and we're like giving roadmaps. And it's just such a beautiful thing. I'll put all the links down in the bottom for my awesome podcast people. Alloy's been kind enough to give us a discount code. You can put in Casperson25 for $25 off of your order. Just go try it. It's such good stuff. Awesome, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey friends, if you love what I'm doing on this podcast and love who I'm interviewing, I want to encourage you to join the private membership where you get a front seat pass with all of my interviews and you can even ask them questions. In addition, there's going to be group coaching with me and my upcoming guest coach to take this work, to go deeper, to live your best sex and love life. Join today at www.kellycaspersonmd.com membership. I'll see you on the inside.